it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual selves. You know, 2020 and now here we are about halfway into 2021 and it is still teaching us the importance of being physically healthy because if we're not physically healthy, the rest of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You have to have that physical part going for you to make the other parts work. And so if you go to my website, which is www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com, Not only will you find um, probably about 14 pages of shows, about 140 archive shows that have been done, but also the link into Boomers Forever Young. And you can sign up for their healthy newsletter. But more importantly, go check out some of their products. Um, I have mentioned so many times on this show the importance of knowing two numbers. If you know these numbers, the rest of your life will be a lot easier. One is a D3, these are simple blood tests, but it's a D3, dog three, and that will tell you your immune system in a nutshell. You want that number to be above 70. The other one is a C-reactive protein test, and that tells you the level of inflammation in your body, and you want that number to be below one. I have been using the products for the last four years, My inflammation level is a 0.3, and my immune system function is over 70. Um, If you have those numbers, then you can better understand how to keep yourself healthy. And that's the key as far as I'm concerned. We can take um, the viral shots. You know, they're going to probably want you to take one every six months is what I'm hearing uh, because of the variants and everything. But that is only a part of staying healthy. That goes for the SARS virus, but it doesn't go for other things that you can interact and come up with. And I have several friends that now have taken their vaccines, but they're getting other conditions. And a part of that is maybe because their immune system isn't where it needs to be. So think about it. You know, go into the Boomers Forever Young site. If you decide that you want to purchase something, In the discount code, if you put my name, L-U-C-Y, then you'll get $5 off of each and every purchase, and everything helps, I think, these days. So that is my little advertising for one of the sponsors of the show, but I do believe in the products, and I do use them, so I hope you'll check them out. Um, I have as a first-time guest somebody that um, I've actually known Margaret for, gosh, I think... Maybe I met you 15, 16, 17 years ago. Uh, And it was at a book signing that you were doing. And we chatted for a little bit. And then, you know, we lost touch with one another. And then somehow, serendipity brought us back in touch. I always say synchronicities happen when they're supposed to. Exactly. And uh, so, Margaret, um, I welcome you to the show. Uh, You are the author of The Chatter That Matters, Your Words Are Your Power, and Your Choice, or Your Chatter, excuse me, but it is a choice. It's what comes out of your mouth, (laughs) and that was a word that was coming, you know, to me at that moment. Um, You have 20 years of experience in working with individuals, small businesses, and entrepreneurs, 
and I saw that your focus is to assist individuals and organizations in developing solutions that meet their needs. So not necessarily what you think they need, but what they actually need, which is cool. Uh, that your mission is to help people change your mindset to transform your life. And boy, is, is that something that, I think we've needed that for quite a few years now. <laughs> Um, and I don't know that it's happening very quickly, um, and a, a lot of that, unfortunately, is because of uh, the climate that we're in politically, uh, still in politically, and um, so how do you help somebody change that chatter that goes on inside their head? Well, first of all, Lucy, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here, and uh, it's... Um, how do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to become aware. Yeah. Become aware of what you're hearing yourself either say, because sometimes these things just come spontaneously out of your mouth, and you think, and I've said to people when they said something about, well, that was, I'm so stupid, and when they made a silly mistake. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, it's, because it, it's a habit, too. Right. And it's something that they grew up maybe hearing. Some of them did. Mm -hmm. Some of them did. I, um, so it's about, I don't think I coined this phrase, but one of my favorite phrases is, once, you're, once you are aware, mm -hmm. you can no longer be unaware. That's true. That's true. And the more you are aware, the more you'll hear those little things that you're saying to yourself. Exactly. And so one of the, that's one of the steps I take in. And my book is self-published, so I did it in my ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's set up in parts instead of chapters. And, mm -hmm. and so my, the first part is about self-talk. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's what we have to change in order to transform our lives. And, and, just, and I will say, just because I wrote the book doesn't mean it solved all my problems either. So <laughs> we have to be continually aware. Mm -hmm. of what's, what's popping up in our repetitive thinking. And so what I suggest to people is what I say in the book. Make a list. Start being aware of what it is that pops up to hold you back. Uh -huh. It's like, oh, it has to be perfect. Well, people used to call me a perfectionist, and occasionally they still do. But I said, no, I'm not a perfectionist. But it's just got to be done right, which is... <laughs> exactly. Right. It's part of control as well. So, um, so it's about l realizing that, yeah, I really want to get it right, but when is enough enough? Uh -huh. And the interesting thing in conversations with other people is they've talked about per um, perfection. It could be procrastination. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You keep putting it off because you think it needs to be tweaked and all of these things, and uh -huh. you just don't want to put it out there because it's fear. Right. I actually have known people, and I'm sure you have, that have you know, gone from undergraduate to graduate to doctoral levels and continued and continued and continued, but not in their field. You know, they, they keep studying. And I have challenged them any number of times, like, when do you feel like you'll be ready to go into your field rather than just studying? And I think, you know, the procrastination part 
is their fear that I don't have enough knowledge yet. Yeah, and where does that come from? Who knows? Oh. And and when one of the things that that I realize it doesn't always come just from our parents and or grandparents. Mm -hmm. There are teachers, mm -hmm. there are coaches, there are other spouses, there mm -hmm. are other people the in your life that with enough repetitive mm -hmm. <laughs> statements can can um, can certainly make it a, a, uh, an imprint in your thinking and lower your self-esteem and self-confidence. Mm -hmm. I have a quick story to tell about um, the first time I got to give a presentation right after the book was published. Happened to be in as a commencement speaker in the Florida State Prison. Oh wow! <laughs> one of my um, now retired, but one of my friends from high school was a, the education director for one of the the prisons up in North Florida where I grew up. And so he sent me a message and said, hey, would you be, a, you know, your coach and would you speak on my, uh, up to our graduates? I said, sure, as long as I can speak on the chatter that matters. He said, you can speak on anything you want. So one of the ways I always like to, um, to start that is uh, I start out with chatter, chatter, chatter. It goes on for a longer time and I won't do that here, uh -huh. but in the meantime. And so one of the things I like to say is, you know, what goes through your mind when you hear that constantly? And I said, this is what's going on in your mind because you're hearing these various phrases coming up. And I said, for instance, you may have heard when you were growing up, you'll never amount to anything. You're dumb. You're stupid. And, and I said, but you know, you're none of those things. I had a long pause because I wanted them to realize what I was saying. Uh -huh. And I know they were thinking, what is wrong with you, lady? We're sitting here in a prison. <laughs> right? I said, it, I said, you would not be here getting your GED, your high school diploma, uh -huh. and there were men in that, that, that um, ceremony from in their 20s, to their 60s. Mm -hmm. And I said, you wouldn't be getting your diploma if you were stupid. You're not stupid. You are not dumb. You would not have made these accomplishments. I said, but perhaps it was the action you took mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we perceive as being stupid or dumb. Mm -hmm. It was obviously not the right action to take. Right. So it's helping people reframe some of the, this, this chatter that comes up. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I'm not really stupid, because I didn't look up the definition of stupid for our, com for our conversation today, but it means that you basically don't function very well. Right. And, you, right. and, and so, uh, but yeah, we all do stupid stuff from time to time. Well, I think part of it is just making maybe poor decisions, and some of them are made in haste. Yes. Because you just want to get it over with. Um, sometimes, you know, it can be a poor decision uh, based on what your friends you know, have told you. Exactly. And I think a lot of people in prisons, interesting, I didn't know, of course, that part of your story, but when I was just out of graduate school, I worked with um, a group of first-time offenders, 
that were in St. Louis in the prison system. And it was a program that I called the Thinker's Edge. Mm. And it was to help them understand that their thoughts got them here and it's their thoughts that will get them in, into where they want to go in the future. Exactly. And so, you know, they needed to be aware of that because it's not somebody else that did it to them. You know, it was them doing it to themselves. Exactly. And and sometimes we don't want to take that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but that's the reality is we, we are where we are because of the choices we've made. Right, right. And sometimes we make those choices, quite honestly, out of love. Yes. Um, you know, for family, for friends, for uh, children, you know, that we think we're doing the right thing. Exactly. But in reality, it's probably hurting them, and it may indeed be hurting us. Yeah, exactly. So when you have, my suggestion is, what, as you just be aware of what the negative thinking is that mm-hmm. comes up. We have approximately... 80,000 thoughts a day, 60 to 70 to 80,000 thoughts a day, Mm. according to research. And about 80% of those are negative. Well, and I think if people will turn off um, maybe social media a little bit and turn off the television a little bit, that'll help. (laughs) Exactly. Or in in my case, lately, I I have not watched the news in days. I've seen a little bit of it on social media. But honestly, I I would rather watch somebody transform a house mm-hmm. <laughs> from you know trash to treasure than mm-hmm. than I've just stepped away from it for a mm-hmm. period of time and mm-hmm. thought yeah, I'll just I'll just go live in this other reality over here <laughs> reality TV. You know there there's every once in a while like on the um, six thirty to seven o'clock ABC News. Uh, David will have a good story. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch anything, go to the very end yeah. and watch that. I think most of the most of the the stations do are that. Are trying most, to yeah. do that now. Yeah, yeah. They did one um, this morning actually that I saw that was so cool um, because I'll have it on in the background, but I, I intentionally got, come out at a certain time just to see what positive thing they have to say. But it was about a man who had started working for an elementary school when he was 18 years old as a custodian and he always wanted to be <clears throat> a um, PET teacher and so he had gone to school part-time and continued to work and he just got his bachelor's degree and was um, I guess um, hired you know as a, uh, an assistant to the PE department for the coming school year and all of these little kids and all the teachers you know were in the hallway to graduate you know just to help uh, support him with his gown on and his cap on and just to say, you know, we believed in you and you did such a good job. And, you know, he's excited about where his life is going. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, we can all do that. Yeah, we can. I happened to seen that clip just yesterday on oh, social okay. media. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> somebody had shared it on one yeah. of the groups. Wasn't that cool? And, 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 you know, yeah, I always get angel bumps and tears and of joy because seeing what people have accomplished and the support system behind them Mm -hmm. because his mother had died when he was young right right and so he'd been raised by his grandparents and then when he took the job at the school basically the teachers were his mothers (laughs) right but I mean what a great environment for him to be in because it could have gone the other way exactly you know he might have um, and so many times they do they join a gang because that becomes their family yeah and then they do end up in the prison system yeah there's so many choices out there for people and as a parent 
Um, thankfully, mine are all raised, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, grand, grand grandchildren now graduating from high school uh, on this this week and going off on their own. And I remember that scary feeling mm-hmm. when when I let them I left them in college and yeah. But anyway, I had to trust what you've done and that they will make the best decisions they can and. and threaten them (laughs) right but do you know that the reality and I think parents don't really stop to think about this very often the reality is that from your the time that you're in the womb the last trimester so the last three months to the first seven years of your life is when you are actually learning all of the information that you will then later, Ooh. yeah, later will be your sounding board. So those first seven years out of the womb, mm. you're hearing mostly from your siblings, right? from your mother, your father, your grandparents, relatives, maybe a neighbor or two. And then because we have, you know, VPK now, I mean, you're, you've got... Uh, and you've got working parents to putting their kids into preschools yeah, and, exactly. and, and daycare because right. of whatever their situation is right so I mean but there's a lot of information that's going in Um, you know again you know it can be religious values it can be you know all kinds of different values that are coming from a lot of different sources that are going into this very young mind and then it's what they do with it Mm -hmm. and so all those sounding boards that they're going to be forced to look at does this make sense to me in my 20s does this make sense to me in my 30s, my 40s, my 50s? And a lot of people reach that midlife crisis (laughs) where they kind of go, you know what, I've lived a whole lifetime here that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. (laughs) And now I'm going to discover who I really am. Exactly. And that goes back to the chatter that matters. It does, yep, it does. And one of the things is that popped into my mind as we were talking here um, and in making those decisions is also about learning to set boundaries mm-hmm. and and that can be challenging I, I tell some stories about it in the book but you know continually through my life I set boundaries with um, I, I have now I don't associate with people that I don't feel uh, that don't benefit me and I don't benefit them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I don't I don't go and hang out with people that drain me negatively. Right. And uh, and it, at least with intention. There's sometimes they're there in a group and that's where they are. But uh, but it's learning to take a look at what you really want in your life. And sometimes that's as simple as determining when when a friend's going to give you a phone call instead of at ten o'clock. Maybe it's at eight o'clock. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get in the habit of calling at a certain hour and saying, you know, you're I love I love talking to you, but. 10 it's too late. <laughs> yeah. No, I turn my phone off at 9. Yeah. Because anybody who really needs to reach me, um, I have like, you know, the ice in case yeah. of emergency. So those individuals can get through. Yeah. But anybody else, it can wait. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it's simple things. It's, um, there's so many things to think about, about in setting boundaries. Sometimes it's in the work situation, which is hard. Mm-hmm. Which is really hard. Um, I had, I did that, and um, I ended up quitting the job because the guy that owned it was a small company, and the guy that owned it, I said, that she's sucking the life out of me every day coming in and for 10 minutes telling the same story about how much pain she's in because of her automobile accident, 
I said, you need to take care of this. And he and I were friends, so I could talk with him directly mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And but the, but what I what I, but I added, or I will, mm-hmm. which I should not have done, mm-hmm. because he didn't do anything, and then I had to take care of it. Right, right. So I had so you left as best. No, I had as best a conversation as I could with her, but she wasn't open to receiving it. And and I said, I. I love hearing updates. Mm-hmm. Happy to be be supportive of you in any way, mm-hmm. but it was the same story. story. Mm-hmm. So of course she didn't. She chose not to receive it well, as happens with people. And um, she would walk in the office and sashay by my desk because we happened to be in the same big room, uh-huh. and say, "I can't talk to Margaret anymore. She doesn't want to hear from me." Oh, wow. Okay. So that lasted a few days, and I said, giving you my notice, I'm not putting up with this. You didn't take care of it. This is what has happened. He said, well, I don't want you to quit, so he put me in a back room, back office instead. Oh, so she didn't have to go past you. <laughs> so, it, you know, and I stayed for a little while longer, and then it just, it was time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes these people come into your life. Mm-hmm. We all know people come into your life, like you said earlier, that come into your life for a reason. And sometimes it's only for a few months of your life. Sometimes, you know, what's, what is it you need to learn? Or maybe you're there to, who knows? There's right. so many so many things, and sometimes you don't even know why ever, but sometimes you know later on. Right. You don't always know immediately. There was a, um, I, I think it was... Not a poem, exactly, but I remember finding it on a bookmark. And, um, you know, sometimes they'll have these really neat little quotes or stories. And that was what this was. But it it talked about a patchwork quilt, that our life was like a patchwork quilt. And that, you know, at the moment, we only see the individual square that we happen to be in. Mm -hmm. And then after we die, and we're looking down at the completed quilt we actually see the picture Mm. that uh, was created, you know, with our life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true because, you know, a baby certainly doesn't have much that he remembers. Uh, A lot of times our memories don't start until we're about five. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we can look back and and see, well, I was learning this lesson or this person was in my life so that I understood this. And, you know, it goes on and on. But uh, I think marriages, I think friendships, I mean, sometimes they last a lifetime. Yeah. And many times they don't. But they last as long as they're supposed to last. Exactly. In order for us to learn whatever lesson is, you know, we're supposed to learn. Right. And one of the things in for me was um, the chatter that matter was part of my sharing of my, the healing process I went through post-divorce. Mm-hmm. And, and so, because it took a while, it took a while. And so that's why I think it's really important for people to take a look at, at not only what their self-talk is, get one other thing sometimes, especially in families, we get into conver- what I call conversational habits, where you talk to a person in a certain tone of voice, mm. or you expect to hear from that particular tone of voice, or or um, comments or certain things. So you go to a family reunion and you can hear people say, oh, well, you expect aunt so-and-so to do this or to do that or come out and yell at you about this or that. And and so we talk to people in, 
in habitual form, I, I, I think. And here again, it's being aware to start paying attention for yourself uh-huh. as to when you're around family or around other people, your friends, and paying attention to how you speak to each other. Right. If you don't particularly like someone, I know that my dad used to do this, and he would get a tone, and <laughs> you knew, you know, that he didn't particularly, because it would be very sarcastic, mm. or um, just have that edge on it, and so you kind of knew that he wasn't enjoying maybe that particular conversation with that particular person, and then if somebody's laughing, and it's, you know, it's a up beat um, lighter mm-hmm. you know tone then you know that somebody is you know in a good place right and um, so and kids do this I mean if you just step back in fact I was mentioning on an earlier show um, I thought it would be fascinating to just stand at the entrance to your favorite grocery store these days and watch people walk in and out because you can tell by their walk by their facial expression if they're in conversation what kind of energy they're taking mm-hmm. in with there with them. And then I was laughing because I said, and then all of that food is being exposed mm-hmm. to that energy. And then we're consuming it. Yeah. Oh, that's so, a good thought. I hadn't thought about that. Right. So, I mean, Dr. Emoto did uh, some wonderful studies oh, with yeah. water. Yes, yes. And so I mentioned that in the book, actually. Do you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's fascinating when we think about the fact that we are 50 trillion vibrating cells inside of our bodies, you know, our virtual bodysuit that's holding all those cells in place. So if that's the case, then it's much better to be vibrating in a positive way towards life than Mm -hmm. to be vibrating in a negative way because then we're doing nothing but impacting the entire environment around us. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Paying attention is to, yeah, that's, that's, here again, it comes down to choice mm-hmm. and I know people give me a hard time sometimes when I say well it's your choice and I know there are things that come into our lives that are challenging and we've mm-hmm. got to deal with it mm-hmm. and and maybe it wasn't necessarily quote our choice that that showed up in our lives right or maybe it is in a certain way but in the meantime you've got to deal with certain things there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that and you know we've all experience death in our lives and of, of family members and people who are close to us and it is our choice to feel sad about that mm-hmm. and we and and we definitely need to feel oh there the is absolutely part. a grieving um, yeah process. there's a grieving process mm-hmm. and which we won't get into that subject today but <laughs> but in the meantime it's 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 important to be aware of what your feelings are but know mm-hmm. that if you're in a funky mood or depressive mood and I'm thankfully blessed not to be one that gets depressed. I may get into what I call a funk and out of sorts from time to time but usually that doesn't last very long because I will find a way to get out of that. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes it's just sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I love afternoon naps but in the meantime and I've done that since my 20s so it has nothing to do with age of any variety. It is the fact that I've taken power naps almost every day of my life since my 20s. Albert Einstein did. Yep. So you did. just take after him. 
Well, <laughs> not sure I'm quite that brilliant, but... <laughs> Never know. I don't know. So, uh, but anyway, I think it's, it's looking back and realizing that there are days we definitely have the choice mm-hmm. to stay in a funk. We have a choice to be kind. Mm-hmm. We have a choice. And <clears throat> there's a lot of talk about being kind. Mm-hmm. And there should be even more. And I said to someone one day, I said something about, you know, loving, you know, sharing love. And I'm not talking about the romantic love. And I'm talking about the love we have in our heart and the love we have with our families and and just the the love that we we can exude and we can just focus on your heart. Mm -hmm. Well, the heart actually is the center for intuition you know that and so um you have forty thousand brain cells that are in your heart and if you actually work from your heart as you make decisions about anything yes it will be the better decision for you when you get into your head and we spend 95 percent of our time in our head but when you are in your head then you're intellectually making that decision based upon other factors Um, whether it's what somebody has said, what you've heard, what you've read, but it's other factors than what is your intuition telling you. Exactly. And so, yeah, heart-based everything. Um, There's a ton of research that's coming out of the HeartMath Institute. I am a HeartMath certified um, stress relief coach. Okay, well, I use Inner Balance. Yeah, so I've used, I I have used, um, I've, I've done that, i I think it was 2008 I went out there and, and got the training for it. Mm-hmm. I use that with every client. I often do that in my Mindful Monday is uh, well, just to remind people that if you will just take, I mean, less than five minutes, mm-hmm. it does not take but a couple of minutes or seconds even to bring in your focus on your heart, mm-hmm. take in a breath, and sometimes people are still in their head so much they can't, they have a difficulty. So I said, okay, just pretend you're breathing through your heart instead of your lungs. Right, right. And sometimes and that see helps. It grow and shrink, exactly. you know, expansion and contraction. And so if you can do that, and then, of course, I take them into to the third step of being in coherence of where you feel Mm -hmm. if you go and recall and remember a time when you felt love or appreciation for someone or someplace or somebody they will always say you mean my happy place I said yes that Mm -hmm. so go to your happy place and get into the feeling it's a vibrational energy it's the feeling Mm -hmm. that's going to get definitely get you out of your head that's going to get you into the coherence and and where you can people use that a lot of times for meditation as well to lead into meditation but that's where you can get the heart guidance on making better decisions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very true Um, I um, I'm constantly amazed at you know the fact that I mean they talk about uh, leaving um, you, you can be without water for a certain number of days. You can be without food for a certain number of days. You can even be without sleep uh, for a few days without it being too damaging. You can't be without air. You can't be without breathing. And yeah. so if people will kind of focus on their breath. Um, uh, with kids, 
when I was um, still in, in my office setting, I would always have a big heavy dictionary because kids don't know how to breathe properly in order to reduce their own anxiety. So I'd have them lay on the floor and put this heavy dictionary on top of their bellies. Oh my word. And I would say, okay, you have to breathe so that it moves because it could get them out of thoracic breathing, mm -hmm. which is what people do when they're anxious and stressed, into abdominal breathing. Mm -hmm. And that's where your center of calm is. Exactly. And so by having that book, you know, then they were aware of where it had to come from because they had to move the book. Yeah. Good. So. Good. And, and I, I realized, and that's one of the things I tell people, and I said, especially when you're stressed, mm -hmm. when you're anxious or frustrated about stuff, you're not, you're not using your full lung capacity. No. And I have a family member who has uh, emphysema mm. and probably has about 20%. I don't know what the percentage of oh, lung, lung capacity. capacity. Wow. So they're on oxygen then. So it's, um, yeah. And so I've had two other family members that have had emphysema as well. Hmm. They all smoked. I didn't. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, they were either around chemicals or they smoked. Well... Or both. One was my father-in-law, and he had he did both because he was a crop duster. Oh, sure. In an open bike lane. Yeah. Oh, he was inhaling it like crazy yeah. then. Yeah. So. You know, um, all those things that 25 to 50 years ago nobody ever thought about. You know, they just didn't. Yeah, and now we didn't know any. We didn't know any better. Well, the the other part that's kind of sad today is we do know better, but what are buildings cleaned with? Almost all of them are cleaned with heavy-duty chemicals. And so you're breathing that in. Your carpet, your sheets, mm -hmm. your bath towels all have chemicals in them until you've washed them a number of times in something that isn't a chemical. Uh, if you walk down the aisle where you have uh, detergents and things like that, that's all outgassing that mm -hmm. you're smelling. And so you're inhaling that. Um, you know, it's, it's all around us. And so it's just so important. I was chuckling when the pandemic started because um, people were driving in their cars with a mask on. And, and I'm thinking, that one out. no, I'm thinking, goodness gracious, you know, they are hurting themselves so much by having it on in a, an airtight, for the most part, you know, vehicle like this going down the road. And then here in Pinellas County, we have so many thousands and thousands of cars out there that are giving off tire dust. And so we're you know, inhaling that. Yeah, there's, yeah, for sure. And that was one of the, um, that's one of the reasons why I have loved working from home for so many years. Mm -hmm. And, and I had already been on Zoom before, you know, for two years before all everybody else decided. So you were an old hat at it. I was, I am. <laughs> but it was, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot out there. And that was what, what um, I, I said about the pandemic was that, Mother Nature got really perturbed with us. Uh, she sure did. And that's not exactly the word I would say with my uh -huh, friends. But, uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> but for your listeners, I'll be very kind and say and she got really perturbed with us. And, and because we weren't treating each other very nice, we weren't treating our planet, our world very nice, right. our Earth very nice. And she sent us home. Right. And she said, you can't come out and play with me for quite a while now. And some people learned the lesson and a lot of people didn't. Have you, by chance, been able to see Richard Attenborough's new movie? No. Um, it's wonderful, and it's all based upon um, a year 
of the pandemic and what beautiful things happened in nature. Mm, and, yes, I have um, seen not seen that one, but uh-huh. I've seen and heard some other things about you know what has happened. And oh, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's a about a fifty minute documentary, um, but I think it's entitled uh, "The Year the Earth Changed." And uh, these people in um, India. Uh, that hadn't seen the Himalayan mountains for 30 years, ran up on the roof, and they could see them. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the canals in Venice cleaned up. uh, But some of it is, uh, they had a preserve in Africa, and this cheetah um, that had been in the wild, you know, because nobody was doing any kind of um, um, stays, you know, in Mm -hmm. in these retreat areas to go on... um, Safaris? Safaris and, yeah, mostly photographic, I think. Some of them might have been to kill. But uh, at any rate, there was no visitors there. And so the cheetah came in, and he decided that was his place. And so, you know, they weren't expecting the wild animals to literally come in and take it, but they did. So, but it's fabulous. So the year Earth changed. I'll look for that. And it's uh, David Attenborough's. Okay, I'll look for that. It's, but yeah, it's, there's so much, so much we have to think about as far as our own personal mm-hmm. mindset and mm-hmm. thinking about how, I've always been a person that likes to learn, I like to improve, I like to see what's next, and, and I... Life is about change, and I think this is one thing that sometimes people forget. Right. Is that if, you know, we're changing as we sit, our cells are sloughing off and all of these things, life is changing. And people that say they don't like change, sometimes it get, depends on the situation. I, get, I can get very blunt and direct with people, and I'll say, do you want to die? Right. Because... Otherwise, you've got to change. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some big changes that we don't necessarily like, but thankfully in my life, I, with my work, and I need to be a little bit flexible with things and people so that, so that I, my, my schedule flows better that way. But in the meantime, yeah, there's some changes in my life that I did not want, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they turned out to be the best thing after all yeah I think um, I would say that almost everybody that I've ever met that has had any whether it's an illness or a relocation or a job change after the fact it might take six months to a year or more but after the fact they will almost always come back and say you know what that really was for the best and um, so, yeah, I, I think that those things happen. Now, you have a program. Yeah. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that um, because um, it's, it's important for people to know that there's a place and a person that they can talk to. Thank you. Um, yeah. About these major life changes. Well, I, I've got, I'd, I created a Redesign Your Life program. And I've got two sections of it. One that's focused mainly on women in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of the different things going on. Kids going off to college or doing different things. And sometimes even though they love what they're doing in their work, they have some empty space now. What, how am I going to fill that? So they need to do see what's next, what's, what the next chapter holds. Or maybe they're still working and they need to 
tweak their production. I still do that type of coaching mm -hmm. and, and working with people. But the newest program that I'm offering, um, you know, it's one of those things where we've talked about <laughs> how when something's supposed to come out, it, it will come out. And I was in a class, tell this story very briefly. I was in a class of EFT, oh, which okay. is the tapping. Sure, and sure. and so there was a group of five of us and we would have our turn on the hot seat. So this was my turn on the hot seat. and. We, this was a three-month program. I loved every minute of it. It was terrific. <laughs> and, and so it was almost the last session when I have no idea what she asked because the sessions are not recorded, mm -hmm. which is great because you can't go back and worry about what you should have said or thought you should have said. <laughs> okay. However, there's sometimes I'd like to go back and hear some of what I said and say, oh, that was brilliant. In the meantime, um, what popped up is some work I used to do back when I was, I was starting it right before I was divorced. And um, I was married to a dentist. And I was, I, I'd learned how to work really successfully with the staff. And, uh, and I had traveled the country with him. I've heard horror stories from assistants about the spouse in the office and things like that. So I was putting together this program. And before I got to give it, he and I got a divorce. Wow. <laughs> so a few years later, Mary, I was not married. I was dating a dentist and we went to this particular big program. I ran into a dental consistent. A dental consultant told her about it. So anyway, I did some speaking in in major dental conferences on you know how to be more effective with the staff in your in you know if you want to some some don't mm -hmm. but it's all the choice again. But anyway, so I was doing that in program on professionalism, and then some things shifted in my life, and I walked away from all of that and went in the direction of getting my coach training and my my some other certifications for doing different types of training and this story popped up in that session EFT session. the EFT session okay and I she said Margaret you can still do that and I said yeah but with a twist I said I I I can create a program that will help these women who are post-divorce heal. Mm -hmm. From maybe years and years of because, issues. And I'm not talking about every dentist, every attorney, every physician, every person in the military. I'm talking about the highly successful, mostly ego-driven. Mm -hmm. And we've all seen them. And they're not just in those professions, they're everywhere. But I'm gonna focus on, on the spouse, ex, I call it ex-wives. Mm -hmm. You know, the ex, it's ex-wives of professionals. And so it's, what I wanna do is help them regain their self-confidence. Mm -hmm. Because when you have experience, and it wasn't all bad, I'm just putting it right out there. We were together for 22 years, 25 years total. It was not all bad. I had beautiful children. We had great experiences. 
but there's there's the trauma. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's no, I mean, that's what it is, of verbal abuse, of emotional abuse, and um, so these are the things, and especially that emotional abuse. I call it like the little river that created the Grand Canyon. Oh, sure, sure. Through the years and the years and it's the years, it, down. it just erodes your self confidence. Uh-huh. But what happens is you can't dare let anybody know. So you always put on the happy face. You put on that mask, you go out there and do whatever it is you need to do. You're volunteering in the community. You may have a really successful job of your own, or maybe you work in the office or do whatever it is. But in the meantime, you're in pain. Uh And I know that there is a percentage, I've never done any, research on this part. I'm sure there's a percentage of it that's physical abuse as well. There's, I work, I've volunteered with our local domestic violence center, The Haven. I, I facilitated a group uh, for survivors every week for five years. Wow. And, and then uh, I still am part of our committee that raises money for the safe house and, and things at outreach. <clears throat> it seems like the need is greater now than ever. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I've, I've got the experience of being able to be really aware of the different types of abuse that people have gone through. There's financial abuse. You know, there's a lot of bullying going on in the world. That, and, and we could talk for hours about just <laughs> some of that. But in the meantime, what I'm putting together is a, is a, I'm going to do a workshop. I haven't put the dates together on that, but uh, it will be on my website. But I am... I'm putting together, and I have it pretty structured already, a coaching program, a 90-day program, where, and I'm going to, if I may, so I have a friend who's an angel reader, and I always have at least one session a year with her. Oh, that's awesome. So I was rereading that this morning, and, and I, so a few things that came out when I asked the angels about this program. Okay. Um, and one of the other things that came up for me was while I was finishing this and it said and I think Lucy this fits you as well let your light shine so others may see Hmm. so in this program and this is what I asked the angels you know what tell me about this and they asked what it was all about and I said they said they will be able to move forward to become what they wish to become without continuing to suffer for many more years. Oh, that's awesome. They can feel the joy of being free. Because mm-hmm. they've been trapped maybe for a long time. And it's, it's, and they may have already moved on and married somebody else, but mm-hmm. there's some, this is still part of the healing that hasn't been done. And sometimes therapists, therapists are great, and I went to one, but there were parts of the therapy that just couldn't touch what needed to be healed inside. Right. And sometimes you don't know how to bring it out. No, you don't. And one of the other things is align your life with your true self. Heal the negativity. Be able to love more. Receive <clears throat> receive more love more freely. <clears throat> Experience more joy 
And then they said, life doesn't have to be so hard. Mm-hmm. Do you know, um, I, I don't know whether you've ever gone to Serenity now. Do you know that store? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, there is a person there that is an angel reader. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the one you went to or I don't not. think so. Okay. She's not She's not associated with the store. So. Okay. But uh, one of the, th- I've had her on my show a couple of times. And one of the things that she said is that angels have all told her that we're here to play. Yeah. That, you know, the idea is that we come into our life with certain things that we need to experience. But basically, it's to play. Yeah. And then we forget how to do that. Oh, we do. <laughs> and that was one of the other things they told me that I didn't write down. <laughs> one of the other things, a couple of other things they said is they want... They will see a different life. Life, they will see light in their life, and they will see freedom. Uh-huh. Uh, and it said, "Know that you are re- accepted and respected right where you are. You'll have the confidence to move forward and take the actions. And you'll take each step at your own pace. You're where you're meant to be." And know that you can experience a true peace within, and your joy radiates. Mm-hmm. So with the angel's guidance, this is what I'm putting together yeah. in a program, and the processes that I'm going to be putting together to use that. And it can be, in, I'm looking at it, a couple of different opportunities, whether it could be group sessions, like mm-hmm. similar to what my friend put together for our EFT program and mm-hmm. where we work together, or certainly open for individual coaching. And the the thing is, um, I'm not a divorce coach. Just let's put that out there okay. for sure. Okay. <laughs> I am not... Not that I couldn't coach somebody through divorce, but I know there are certifications out Mm -hmm. out there for that. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at the women that have moved on out of that relationship. But haven't moved on. But haven't, but internally, they haven't moved on. They may be, as I said, they may be already married to somebody else. Well, and so often, you know, in the 30 plus years that I've been a therapist, in so many cases, you do marry again but you marry the same personality because that's what you're comfortable with and familiar with exactly and so you really don't get a chance to move on your journey is just stuck right where it is yeah until something uh, you know there used to be people that would come in and um every office that i've ever had i've made it like a living room Mm -hmm. because i didn't want it to feel professional yeah i like that and so they would you know just kind of plop down i had one guy that used to drive to see me in Green Bay from Chicago. Oh my goodness. And it, the minute he would get there, he would run in and just lay on the couch. <laughs> he would be like, okay, I'm here. And so I always gave him plenty of time because he would stay over then in Green Bay before he would drive back. Right. Um, but the concept of, you know, the there was a little boy, he was 15 when he died, and he drowned in the Bay of Green Bay. Mm. Um, but it was up in the Door County area. And, um, the, the town itself knew the family extremely well. And there was a banner that circulated, um, I believe it's still at Austin Travel Airport, but with the Packer home games for a couple of years, the banner would show up at the games. Oh. And it was the, what he, uh, this 15-year-old had said. 
and he was wise way beyond his years, was the journey is the reward. That was his favorite saying. And so if we would all kind of embrace that, that our journey in life, you know, is our reward. And, you know, if it can be playful, if it can be spontaneous and fun, if we can have gratitude on a daily basis in our life, uh, just for, you know, being alive, you know, taking that breath mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know, I am still here yeah. and there is a reason for my life. But I think a lot of people that, you know, don't get to come out of a relationship or a family with that understanding, you know, they do marry what is familiar. You're right. And then they just kind of stay there. Um and those are the individuals that would sit down with me and they would say, you know, I've got a successful career. I have plenty of uh, financial success. Um, I have beautiful children. I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And the reason they weren't happy is, and this is my little thing that I do, but we have these four legs. And so if you have only worked on the intellectual leg, you know, and now you're a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, or you've only worked on the physical. You're, I used to work with the Packers, and so it would be like I'm this physical specimen of a person. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you haven't worked on the emotional and mm-hmm. you haven't worked on the spiritual, spiritual end of it, you have a wobbly stool yeah, at do. best. And that isn't very comfortable for anyone. No one likes to sit on one that keeps moving. Yeah. And so these people would come in and say, I don't know why I'm not happy, and that was the reason. Yeah. So if you can learn to balance all four legs and find that reason you know for happiness exactly um maybe it's adopting a pet maybe it's you know i was telling you earlier that um, (laughs) i planted flowers in a park that is not my park yeah but it's making everybody happy and now um you know those of us that helped get the flowers all in place you know, we're asking, please water. You know, mm-hmm. the, these are your plants as much as they are ours. Yeah. We may have brought them here and put them in the ground, yeah. but you're going to help them flourish. And isn't that what it takes the village all about? It does. Yeah. For so. sure. And, and one of the other things, a couple of things uh, real quickly I wanted to share about the program uh-huh. is the fact that they're good. we're going to dig down and do the work. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be all bad. And it's not going. It's going. It's not. And it's not going to be all be hard. It's going right. to be some fun, right? And 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 a discovery process and a celebration process because I am all about celebrating. So as they take these successful steps, everybody is going to go, "Yay! You're, yes. you're doing it." Yeah. And one of the things I mean that people don't do often enough, and I, I can point the finger at me <laughs> as well, is really. Taking the assessment of at the, whether it's the end of the week or at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But that's where I write my gratitudes. And that's one of the other books I did have and that per, perhaps forgot to add to my bio there is I, I published, um, it's called Your Chatter Matters, a Journal of Gratitude. Okay. So for over 20 plus years, every almost every evening of my life, I have written down three to five things and sometimes 25 things about that day for which I'm grateful. That's awesome because as you go to bed, then that vibrational frequency is in a much better place. Exactly. And yeah. that's why I, I, I put that habit in there. Um, I've even given gratitude journals as wedding presents. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> sure. And I think because 
and, and that here again, if you get into that heartfelt energy mm-hmm. with the gratitude, you're you're definitely exude, yeah, you're gonna sleep better too. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. when we go to bed, you know, with as much as possible, um, with that frame of mind that just says, you know, this was a beautiful day. Uh-huh. You know, and wishing others to have beautiful days. Exactly. You know, that makes a big, big difference. Well, Margaret, tell everybody how they can uh, get hold of you. That's important. And I will be posting um, all of your links, Okay. you know, on the podcast sites. And it'll also be on um, the www Synergy Connection radio site. So wherever they go, they're going to be able to <laughs> contact you. But maybe a place for sure that uh, when you have the dates that people will be able to sign up for this program. Right. Uh, definitely my website, which... <clears throat> margaretmartin.com um, and that's M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T M-A-R-T-I-N dot com that's one way you can also email me directly at info at margaretmartin.com okay. and hey give me a phone call 727-510-2686 let's chat and see you know what, what might work best for you and um, I'm on this, all the various social media, which LinkedIn, Facebook, Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Some are more active on than others. So. <laughs> you know, that's a job all by itself. It is. It is. So, that, uh, so thank you again, Lucy. It's been an awesome opportunity. Oh, I'm so glad that uh, we were able to make it happen. And you'll be back in about um, three and a half, four months. So we'll have you back on again. Um, I tell people that I don't bring anybody on the show as a one-time only because I think people need to have a personality in, our, you know, in their life um, more than once, you know, to learn from them. And if you only hear it one time, you know, what if you miss those little gems? And usually people come back in with a similar theme. Mm-hmm. It's just said a slightly different way. And so we keep hearing what is important for us to hear. And I have no idea. I mean, there's probably a couple hundred people out there that are going to be hearing this, you know, on any given day, because you never know with a podcast what days they're listening. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, you know, they'll tune in and they'll get, you know, like, oh, I never thought of that. And so that's what we're looking for is, you know, a little gem that lands in the right place that makes a difference in somebody's life. Right. So, so just one closing thought uh-huh. for everyone. Sure. Just remember, once you're aware, you're no longer unaware, and you got to take some action steps. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you. All right, everybody, go out there and make it an absolutely beautiful day. And come on back and listen to the Synergy Connection show. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.